Hey there listeners, welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who are not quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Brian, I'm on the phone with Ashwin, and today we are discussing Martyrs from 2008. Directed and written by Pascal Lugere, starring Moriana Aloui and Mylan Jamponui. Oh boy. <laughs> nice job, <laughs> In man. this, uh, thanks. In this French film, obviously, it's French, a woman's quest to avenge her childhood torture puts her best friend at risk. And this is a request from George, who reached out to us with this request a really long time ago on Twitter, and I didn't take it seriously for whatever reason. But then he joined our Discord server a few months ago, and I realized that he was an actual listener and one of our most active Facebook fans, because his Facebook name is different than his Twitter name. Oh, I didn't even so, uh, realize he was in our Discord uh, chat room. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's Bobby Denham Sweets. Cool. Cool, that's pretty awesome. But that, that Twitter handle reached out to me, and Twitter... I have a love-hate relationship with Twitter, because you can't really tell who's like following you just to follow people and who's actually a fan. Sure, yeah. And so he was like, you should watch these movies, and I was just like, okay, sure, whoever you are, and <laughs> now I feel bad. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty big surprise. Yeah, but uh, we appreciate you, George, your engagement on Facebook and, and in Discord, so sorry. Thanks for your patience. Sorry <laughs> this took so long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, glad we finally got to this. Uh, and it's really cool when a listener uh, submits some of these requests, because uh, they're definitely interesting movies. Uh, this one's been on some top 100 lists, is that right? Yeah, it's, it's definitely on some top, top however many lists, that's for sure. Yeah, and Brian, you'd heard about this one before? I had, yeah. Okay. And it, it often comes up in discussions of like, hey, what's your roughest watch or goriest movie or whatever? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It's a rough one. Yeah. George is into, uh, he's into some of the darker, gorier, extreme stuff, I think. And he's actually got me curious about it. Really? Even uh, after seeing this one? Even after this one. Yeah, man, I, I had a hard time uh, handling this one. Uh, it, was, it was a hard watch. Yeah, <laughs> then I, I received a text like a few hours after I knew you had watched it that was just, Jesus. <laughs> I know, man, and that was like just in the first like 10 or 15 minutes of, of watching it, and then it just oh, got... Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then it just got so much worse. <laughs> yeah, it did keep getting worse. So I had never really heard about this until it, it came up kind of as a, a part of another conversation maybe on Discord, I'm sure that George was involved in. It's a group of French movies known as New French Extremity. Have you ever heard of that? No, no. This is the first time uh, I've seen that term used. Right. Uh, interesting to read about that one, though. Yeah, and the best description of it I've found was from some random user of a social network site for film fans called Mubi.com. Uh, his name's Edwin N., but he, like, it was one of those things where he said it and then it just got repeated everywhere. Sure. Um but anyway, it's known as a crossover between sexual decadence, bestial violence, and troubling psychosis, according to according to Edwin N. I was like, I need to trace this back to who who said it. And I assumed yeah. it would be some prominent critic from a book or something, and it was just some user on a social networking site. Yeah, the way it's cited. Edwin N. <laughs> right. The way they cite it like sounds like super official, but I didn't realize it was just some random dude. Yeah, but it's seen. I mean, I haven't seen that many of these movies, but from the few that I have seen, that seems pretty accurate. Yeah, the only movie that seemed familiar to me in that list was this movie called Irre Irreversible. Did you ever see that one? I never saw that. Now, did you see it? 
Yeah, I saw it a long time ago. Uh, it was a pretty rough watch. It's all centered around like this pretty graphic rape scene. And uh, I think it was pretty controversial at that time. So it makes sense. It was a part of this uh, genre. Mm. Um, I saw High Tension. Oh, yeah. Or Hot Tension. It's a familiar yeah. one. Yeah, and then Revenge I saw on the Wikipedia page for this. I don't know how much that would, how closely that squeezes in. Um, yeah. And Climax I saw mentioned too, the one that... uh. Amy picked for her top 10 of 2019. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and it's interesting because they span time periods, but the overall impression of my get is that they're kind of like early 2000s or like essentially just like they span the aughts. Yeah. That's not the rule, but it seems like most of the ones that they name drop tend to live in that time period. Uh, actually, so this conversation, if you haven't realized it, listeners, this might be one of the more... I don't even know if it'll be graphic. Maybe more hard to listen to episodes. Yeah, probably. So, yeah, if you're not up for it, skip maybe. Yeah. Hey, do you think this is the goriest movie we've seen so far? That's an interesting question because it's almost not that gory, right? If you look back on it. Um, you don't think so? But like if you think about Satanic Panic or Dead Alive, like Sure. Those are gorier than this. It's kind of the spirit and the sadness and the like mean spiritedness of it. Yeah, those were definitely gorier and and like uh, more over the top, but they also had kind of like a comedic undertone. Whereas this one, I feel like with the emotional weight, uh, makes it feel like extra rough. Yeah, yeah, but it's just interesting to me how we kind of use that term, like or that tag, like goriest, to kind of touch on something that isn't totally true to the definition of that word. Sure, yeah, it's kind of a nuanced... Uh, it's kind of a proxy for saying, like, hey, what's the, like, roughest thing you've seen? Yeah, yeah, right. And, and yeah, I just kind of felt uh, before yeah. this movie, uh, maybe the goriest or, like, hardest watch so far had been something like Terrifier. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, the undertones of, like, what's going on uh, really plays a big role. Yeah. Yeah, even Terrifier, like, reveled in it for fun a bit. Even if it wasn't like super, uh, it didn't wear it on its sleeve necessarily. But right. this one is a serious endeavor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's heavy. <laughs> it's a rough one. Um, speaking of this whole uh, French extremity movement, uh, were you able to find anything on like, you know, where this movement came from or what the driving factor was behind it? Like, why did this? I don't come? know. Um, I was trying to like dig into what this, like, what made this time period of movies happen in France and. I think some people opine that it may have been a result of like having uh, the extreme right come into political power in France in 2002. Oh, wow. Which I can't say I know very much about French politics. Yeah. Yeah, uh, me neither. Or politics in general. But I have also heard, and this is like a quite popular theory in the U.S., that the torture craze in American horror films in the 2000s was a result of 9-11. Oh. And like the aftermath with Guantanamo and torture at the hands of the U.S. government and stuff. Interesting. Um, which would totally make sense. Like, the, you know, torture is in the news and then we've got all these torture movies. Yeah. Like Saw and Hostel. Yeah. But uh, I don't know if that would apply, if that like somehow influenced the new French extremity movement or not. I know the director said he was influenced by Hostel, so, yeah. so maybe that's part of it. Yeah, and I saw him say that, like, uh, I don't know if you saw this quote, but he thought Hostel was more about pain, and he wanted this to be more about suffering. Uh, did you read that? 
Yeah, yeah. I thought he reversed that, that Hostel was about suffering and he wanted this movie to be about pain. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Which, um, that sounds like, what the hell is that dude talking about? But as we get into the plot and spoil some things, it'll make more sense. You know, when it comes to the whole uh, gore genre, uh, what do you think it is that like appeals to people? Is it like seeing bodies mutilated or, or like what's the uh, overall goal that like people want to see in, in these films? I think people kind of want to push themselves. Like, sure. I, maybe. I don't really know. But like think about when you wanted to watch horror movies as a kid. Like mm-hmm. they weren't always 100% fun. Like sometimes they were legit scary. Yeah. And I think in a way we're all kind of still chasing that even though we think horror movies are more for fun now. I say we generalizing, extrapolating my own experience to everybody else. But I think that's common, right? Yeah. To like not really get that scared anymore but just watch because you like them. Sure. And like this, watching a movie like this does you does take you back a little bit not that you were watching anything this extreme when you were young but just that feeling of i i want to put my hands behind a pillow or my eyes behind a pillow yeah no that's a really good point because uh yeah i think you're right as we get older uh the scares start to feel maybe a little more watered down and uh you there is a part of this where you kind of want to feel uncomfortable and maybe that's where gore comes in and still making you squirm yeah uh the director here said he wrote the screenplay while clinically depressed and borderline suicidal. That sounds about right. Puts them, some things into perspective. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Seriously. Uh, you can definitely sense that, I think, in the film. Yeah. Um, and he had a movie come out last year called Incident in a Ghostland, or maybe it was... It says it's a 2018 movie, but I feel like it didn't become available until last year that I heard... I heard some Twitter buzz about, but I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't hear about that one. Uh, I did see he was plugged uh, to do a remake of Hellraiser. Oh, interesting. I didn't see that. Yeah, and and I feel like his take probably would have uh, hit on the BDSM a lot more, which I think was kind of understated in the original one, right? Yeah, yeah, I think it is. Maybe in future ones... um... We have only seen Hellraiser 1, so any big fans of the franchise, forgive us. But, yeah, I didn't think that aspect of it was played up that much, at least in the first one. Yeah, same. I think the uh, source material might play it up more. Sure, yeah. Clive Barker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also saw uh, this music uh, video he directed. Um, I think it's a French one. And it's kind of cool. I mean, it shows, like, who he is stylistically because it's got, like, a monster in it. That runs around, and even the monster looks pretty cool in that one, and it kind of reminded me of the the monster in this one. Um, some pretty cool special effects or whatever he does. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, the effects were well done here. Um, I didn't, I meant to catch or write down some of the names, but I noticed a few people worked on it who worked on some some other big movies that we all know and love, like Army of Darkness, and, and I can't remember. Oh, cool. But uh, yeah, some of the special effects team was was a bit known in the biz. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, anything else, man? No. Uh, oh, actually, uh, I saw recently there was an American remake of this in the last, like, five, ten years. And, uh, it's, oh, yeah. It's, it's got a happier ending, but uh, it sounds like it did terribly. It had a 7% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, sounds pretty bad. Just the, the whole thing about American remakes, like, a few years later, like, just, just so you don't have to watch... Read subtitles? It's like, why? (laughs) 
Yeah, I know. How lazy are people? Just like watch the original yeah. with the subtitles. Uh, okay. Well, are we ready to do our little Ohio connection and move on to uh, a bunch of spoilers as we talk over the plot? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, so we are sourcing the Ohio connections from now on from our friend Alex, who owns Jukebox Tavern in Cleveland. Uh, and here it is straight from Alex. He says, at the beginning of the movie, the main character escapes from a slaughterhouse where she has been imprisoned. In Medina County, Ohio, there is a haunted house called the Chippewa Lake Slaughterhouse. Opened in 2017, its website states the most realistic horror experience Ohio has to offer. Over 450, or no, 45,000 square feet of terror inside a real slaughterhouse awaits you in Chippewa Lake. Something for horror fans to check out when they are in the area. I will never go here. That's, that's Alex speaking. Makes sense. Man, I totally checked that out. Yeah, it's been too long since I've been to a haunted attraction, man. I miss them. Yeah, same. And it's always cool when they do them like somewhere cool, uh, like a slaughterhouse or something. That's awesome. Yeah, always adds to the vibe. Sure, definitely. Yeah. Um, and I'll also add, if you're in Northeast Ohio, now would be a great time to buy a gift card for yourself or a friend to Jukebox, Alex's Bar. You can go to jukeboxcle.com and click gift cards. Uh, we all know. We haven't even mentioned this is our first episode post coronavirus outbreak in the U.S. Oh yeah, you're right. First one we're um, recording. But anyway, we know businesses are struggling right now, so I'm sure that would be a huge help to Jukebox. And uh, he also is doing curbside beverage pickup, which is a great way to grab yourself a treat without going into a crowded store. Uh, and that's Jukebox is at Jukebox CLE on social media, and you can just go to JukeboxCLE.com and. And order the curbside stuff or, or get a gift card, whatever you need there. That sounds pretty good. So, yeah, ho- hopefully all of our favorite businesses will still be alive and well after all this, man, but I don't know. Yeah, I hope so. Got to support them. Yeah. Um, anyway, man, before we go into the gory details of the plot and stuff, um, we've been having some shortages at our grocery stores here. Do you mind if uh, I go make an errand real quick. Alex just gave me idea, an idea, and maybe I'll call you back in like half an hour, an hour. Yeah, sounds good. We'll record the rest. All right, all right, cool. I'll, I'll talk to you in a second. All right. Okay, bye. Hey, man. How's it going? I'm back. Hey, how's the grocery store? Well, you know, Alex gave me an idea here, and I tried to go straight to the source and visit our local slaughterhouse for some meat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, it seemed like it was pretty much entirely abandoned except for this girl tied to a chair. She, she didn't look good. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you couldn't, like, help her out or, or get her out of there or anything? No. I was trying to help her, but I was just basically pacing around her at a six-foot radius trying to come up with ideas on how to save her while social distancing. Man, you got to look out for yourself. I tried to pull. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think she understood. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure she's seen some headlines. I'm. Yeah, I'm sure she'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> she might be safer than everyone else. Yeah, yeah. Are you sure she wasn't uh, social distancing herself? Maybe that's what this whole thing was. <laughs> yeah. Just a role-playing thing to keep things interesting while her and her significant other are trapped. Yeah, you got to get creative. Quarantined. Right. <laughs> yeah. We play Slaughterhouse. <laughs> okay, so we open with a young girl, maybe 10 or 12, running out of an abandoned building. 
She looks like we, she was being held there against her will and it's not in good condition. And then we transition to an orphanage where this young girl, Lucy, now lives. She's kind of odd and a bit of a social pariah within the orphanage, but another girl named Anna befriends her. And we get some touching 8mm footage of their friendship developing like throughout their time in this orphanage with some touching music playing in the background. And then this sequence, no longer on the 8mm footage, it's just them in their little dorm room or whatever within the orphanage. This It like ends with a scare where something is in the orphanage chasing Lucy, trying to get into the room, and we see like an emaciated, disfigured woman jump onto Lucy's bed. Uh, and honestly, I got the impression that this was something that had been like plaguing her for a while. Oh, you could tell from this point? I think they may have even shown a scene before this where she was like... Cutting herself? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, but they made it sound like something attacked her. Yeah, it was it was unclear. Yeah, you kind of knew she was troubled. It's it's interesting because like, uh, these like three scenes you talked about, like uh, running out of that slaughterhouse, uh, making friends, and the 8mm footage... It's it's like a lot to like pack into like five, uh, ten minutes, I guess, and like it's in quick. that scare. Yeah, yeah, it's quick. Yeah, it's pretty effective. Uh, yeah, and so then we we hard cut from the the orphanage and everything to a family of four in their home, and it's very well. It's just different. It's like more well lit. It just seems like this is now the beginning. Like that was the hook, and this is the beginning of the movie. It's like two high school age kids and their parents eating breakfast, like talking about what college the kid might go to or whatever. Yeah, joking <laughs> around is, with each other. If it, yeah, this this whole sequence like felt so random. It was, it was like this five ten minute sequence of them just like having breakfast, like talking normal family stuff. Yeah, like it was probably like it was five or ten minutes long. I would say as long as the first thing we just like the other stuff we just saw, if not yeah. longer. Yeah. So it really it was effective pacing because it kind of made you think like, okay, that was the hook, and this is the movie. These will be some <laughs> of the main characters here at this table. Right. And then a woman barges into their house and starts picking them off with a shotgun. Yeah, brutal. Yeah. Yeah, it's all very matter-of-fact. Uh, I yeah. think I like it. This is going to sound horrible, but, I mean, guns are so prominent in movies today, like action and, and anything, really. I kind of like it when there's just brutal gun violence. Yeah. Because like, like, yeah, that's what happens. Right, like one shot, like you're dead, pretty much. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I like that, too. And, like, no talking, no, like, back and forth shooting or anything. Just, like, she comes in and guns down this family in, like, four or five shots. Right. There's not even that much drama to it. It's just, like, someone starts sprinting away from her, and then she shoots them after they've taken a couple steps, and they're down. Yeah. And, like, the sequencing of this right after, like, this casual conversation, like, at a, at a Sunday or a Saturday morning, like, breakfast or something, it's just brutal. Right. And, I, like, you do see them get shot, and you see blood. But as we were talking about, this is something that feels gory because of the emotional surroundings, kind of. Like, basically what you just said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kind of that tonal, like, ping-ponging back and forth between, yeah. like, creating this warmth and then, like, suddenly this, like, cold right. murder. Right, yeah. Tonal gore. Yeah. Um, and, and, and uh, like, how, how old was, uh, like, those kids? Like, what, the, the son's, like, going to college. The daughter must be, like, un- like under 10, right? I don't know. I couldn't tell if she was like. I f- kind of felt like she was early teens. Oh, okay. But yeah, to like uh, under ten definitely it. seems to. You're pretty bad at guessing kids' ages. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I know. <laughs> 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 Just kid age. 
uh yeah but like in, in a hollywood movie when would you ever see like a kid like like that age get gunned down right yeah Tons. yeah it doesn't happen often um yeah. and she asked one of the kids if they knew what their parents were doing before she shoots him oh yeah right we don't hear the kid answer he never answers she just shoots him right yep so it feels like a home invasion movie here but the home invasion is over pretty quickly and everybody's dead yep and we soon learn that this is Lucy, the the young girl who we saw escaping from the slaughterhouse and who was at the orphanage and, and being chased by that crazy lady. Mm-hmm. She calls Anna, her good friend from the orphanage. They're both now adults. And Anna's waiting for her near a payphone in her car. And here was one of the other hardest scenes to watch. <clears throat> Anna's eating a sandwich as the phone rings and she just throws it Perfectly good sandwich right onto the ground. <laughs> that was the whole torture point of this movie. <laughs> Just the waste of a good sandwich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just the way it hit the cement. Yeah. Brutal. <laughs> what was that, like pastrami or something? <laughs> I don't even want to know, man. Yeah. <laughs> I can only assume it decomposed there, but it happens off screen. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they didn't show it to keep the R rating. <laughs> yeah, that's probably where they drew the line. <laughs> um, so yeah, Anna answers his payphone, gets the call, and she comes to this house to help her with this bloody scene. And it's clear that Anna, when she walks in, is kind of in shock that this happened, mm-hmm. but like also wants to support her friend. Yeah, but even before she gets there, that we have that an- another sequence going on down at the house, right? Um. Oh yeah, the is this when the woman, the crazy woman who was the, jumping the, on uh, Lucy's bed in the orphanage, comes back? Yeah, like like a monster. I, I I thought she was like a monster, man. Yeah, she does look like a monster, like slightly inhuman, um, or maybe it, well, she also looks like someone, depending on how much you're piecing together, who's been tortured. Mm-hmm. Like chunks of her skin are missing. She's got open sores on her body. I feel like one of her breasts has been cut off. Yeah, but like she's like scurrying around like really fast, or like right. uh, yeah, hiding behind like almost like animalistic nature. Yeah, and then um, and like she she's like slicing up uh, like every time like she shows up, Lucy like pulls out like a knife, and yeah. and then like this this monster gets it or this woman gets it and like starts like slicing her up, which I don't know, man. Watching like knives cut people up that that's pretty tough. Yeah, she was really stabbing her a lot. <laughs> Yeah. In, like, places that wouldn't kill her, but that were extremely painful. Yeah, like ripping into her back and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that was hard to watch. Um, And so Anna comes on the scene, so I think she's, Anna's kind of, like, dual, I've got to help you clean this up and, like, help you keep this creature or, like, crazy woman at bay. Yeah, because it seems like when Anna's there, the creature isn't there. Oh, right, right, yeah. Yeah, it's almost like maybe Anna scares her off or something. You don't quite know what's going on. Right. Um, but anyway, you learn that Lucy is convinced that the parents of this family are the people who had her, who had locked her up for over a year, tied to this chair, torturing her 15 years ago or so. Uh, and it's becoming clear at this point as well that Lucy has some psychological issues. And Anna's kind of wondering if this had just maybe been an innocent family because this is not the home or family of who you would assume 
locks women in a or young girls in a slaughterhouse and tortures them. Yeah, right. We all know the stereotype. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we learn that when Lucy escaped from her torture as a child, she came across another child who was asking her to help. But instead of taking the time to help, Lucy ran. See, um, I, oh, I, was that was that like another child? I thought she saw like another woman in there. Is it, and, and that's like who that monster woman is, right? I think it was another kid. Oh, okay. So she like broke her like torturer's ankle somehow by tripping her. I can't remember how it happened. Yeah. And got away. And as she was running out of there, she came across another girl in another room tied to a chair. Sure. Okay. Um, so then we kind of put it together that this is that girl. And Lucy's telling her, like, I killed them. Like, even their kids, like, what more do you want from me? Yeah. And we see her struggling with this woman again. And she's, like, stabbing her and everything again. And then we get it from Anna's point of view. And we realize that it's only Lucy. Like, this emaciated yeah. woman is just a construct in, in Lucy's mind. And that's like after like three, I, I want to say like there were three attack scenes. There was like in the beginning, Lucy, uh, well, I mean, uh, this whole like house sequence had like three attack scenes from like that fictional uh, monster and, and like all of them like involved a knife and like basically stabbing her. Um, and, and and then like, and that's like kind of the big reveal. I think the point where we're saying where, um, yeah, we, we see it from Anna's perspective and she's not there. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you're clarifying and I kind of downplayed it. Like that was a big part of this opening after she kills his family is like, just like, it seems like constant battles with this woman who's yeah dipping in and out. Right. Yeah. Yep. And, and I love the way they portrayed her, like just like kind of sk- skimpering around, like you, she can never tell where she was and then she'd like move really quick or she'd be hiding behind a bathtub or something. I, I yeah. thought it was like really scary. Yeah. It was almost like she'd attract for a few, attack for a few minutes and then retreat and then yeah, there she is again. Yeah. Yeah. This is scary. I, I thought like the whole movie was going to be like about this, uh, this monster. Yeah. But, yeah. Same. Yeah. Again, it's, there's a lot of twists and turns cause you're like, oh, this is what this movie is. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Nope. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a home invasion movie. It's a, a monster movie. Like, what is it? Yeah. It's crazy. And speaking of twists and turns, uh, this mutant woman, mutant woman, this like emaciated torture victim kills Lucy, but what Anna sees is Lucy cutting her own throat. So right. Lucy's killed herself, and I kind of think it's a bit of the movie telling us that Lucy's realizing that even after her revenge, like, nothing's made better. She's still yeah. haunted by this woman. Yeah, and I think she's haunted by that woman because uh, she didn't, like, help her get free, right? right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she still feels guilty that, that this girl probably died and she could have maybe helped her. Right, right. Um, Anna, I don't, and I don't remember if she passes out or just goes to sleep. But the next morning, Anna wakes up in these people's house, right? Yeah, yep. Yeah, her friend has killed herself, and she's like here with the mess that her friend has made by killing all these people. Um, Anna discovers a secret door that leads to this underground chamber beneath the house, and we see giant photos on the wall in this like underground area of people in horrifically painful situations. Like they're sick or being tortured and they all have this strangely peaceful look in their eye. And just these Mm -hmm. images were pretty, pretty haunting, sad, gory. Right. Yeah. 
She goes further into this like dungeon or whatever it is and finds an emaciated woman with open wounds on her body chained up in this dungeon. And she's got this clamp on her head that covers her eyes. Oh, man. I forgot about the clamp. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a helmet blindfold in one. Yeah. Right. Metal. Um, She unlocks her like ankle restraint or whatever and takes her upstairs and gives her a bath. This woman's totally on edge and freaked out. Like you can tell she's been down there forever. And Anna goes about, she's in the bathtub and Anna goes about undoing this clamp from her head, but it's essentially stapled to her skull with like industrial staples. Yeah, this is so gross. Yeah, she pries them out with like a screwdriver or something and blood is squirting everywhere and the woman's wailing. Yeah. Um, once she gets the helmet off, the woman's like going crazy and itching at her head and slamming her head against the wall. Yep. And is like trying to figure out what's going on and calm her down. Then you just hear a gunshot and this torture victim falls to the ground. One of and, uh, oh, one of the scenes like uh, with with that woman that like really uh, I don't know like struck me was when she's like uh, slitting her wrist with that knife, like kind of like shredding it or something. Or do you remember that scene? Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. That was that was so hard to watch, man. She was just was she trying to kill herself? No, she was like it seemed like she was having some sort of hallucination. Yeah, right. And she's like trying to like cut something off like her wrist or something. Yeah, just like going yep, at that it. was rough. Okay, yeah. maybe this is a pretty gory movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, then she gets shot, right? Yep. And all these people in black enter, and they've got guns on Anna, and you kind of realize this torture scheme was bigger than this family. Mm-hmm. Anna meets their leader, who's an older woman they call Mademoiselle, and she tells her they've been trying to get glimpses into the afterlife by creating martyrs, which essentially means they're torturing people so extremely to see if these people can slip into a state of peace despite their pain. And people who accept their pain and transcend it are martyrs. So, yeah. <laughs> did, you, did, did this all make sense to you? I had to kind of read up uh, on it to, for, like, for all that to click. But did, It did made that... sense to me, but it felt kind of like thin maybe a little bit or... Yeah. It was just like we're on so many twists and turns at this point that it's like, what? These people are doing this for what reason? Right. (laughs) And how do you know this works? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I I think it all adds up and makes sense with the grand theme of the movie and the purpose of the movie, but, yeah, it's a little Mm -hmm. thin. Yeah. So, basically, it feels like the next 30 minutes of the movie or so is just Anna being imprisoned by these people and beaten and fed gruel. Yeah, man. This is like a long stretch of like just day after day, like people like beating her up and like half the time, like she's not even like conscious or like she's on the ground and they're still like going at it on her. Yeah. It's tough. It was interesting to see all these other torture victims and like what was done to them. And it seemed like Anna, they were just essentially bludgeoning. Like a dude would just come in and just beat her up with his fists for yeah that's true they didn't like uh like drill anything into her or anything yeah i found that that interesting um i don't know i just it just seemed like inconsistent yeah they're improvising not that i wanted to see anything worse than what happened but i know i feel like a lot of like the stabbing action happened earlier on yeah and uh i was kind of glad like at least a lot of like blood wasn't happening but it was still hard Mm -hmm. to watch yeah yep um very brutal very grueling Mm mm-hmm they tell like, did, her, she, oh, go ahead. 
Oh, did it have to be like half an hour of this? No, <laughs> but I'll get to the, the my theory on that. Okay. At the end. Um, so they tell her at some point that she's ready for the final stage. They take her into this like operating type room and they just start cutting her skin. And we see her after the operation and they've just flayed her, completely removed all of her skin and what's left is just her bloody musculature. She's still alive though. And she's got the glazed over peaceful look in her eye that has the same look that we saw in all those photos. Yeah, and there's this weird uh, sequence like maybe right before this scene where like, uh, you know, she's like being beaten up every day and like they're feeding her some shit that she doesn't like. And uh, she kind of like remembers some quote that like one of, uh, that someone said like, you gotta just gotta let go or something. And there's like this sort of like inspirational music, almost like Coldplay, like playing in the background. Do you remember this before like they flay her? Is that when she's like imagining that Lucy's there and that she's talking to Lucy? Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. It's almost like this uplifting moment after like seeing her get abused. And uh, now she's like mentally in this place. So then when they like cut all her skin off, she's not like even like struggling or screaming anymore. She's kind of like, uh, yeah, you know, as you mentioned, like kind of like has that look in her eyes and just like completely removed. Right. Yeah. I think I think she says, I miss you to Lucy in this scene where she's hallucinating talking to her. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was just a crazy, a crazy scene with the music and everything. Yeah. I, I thought it was a little bit touching, too, though, like it harkened back to. It was a similar music to what they played during that 8mm footage of their developing yeah. friendship. It was interesting, this movie, and I always have a hard time like remembering when the music was playing because it just like becomes part of the movie, mm-hmm. but I feel like there was not much music in the horrifying parts, and the, most of the music was like the touching stuff. It felt like it made the like torture and violence stuff more brutal. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. this stuff a little bit more emotionally grounding with the other stuff. Yeah, like the whole movie uh, without that music there and the horrifying stuff happening, uh, yeah, that is like, feels more real. And then like when the music kicks in, it kind of helps you like kind of escape from it, which yeah. I guess is kind of a relief. Yeah. Yeah. You ever notice like in cinematic language, getting your hair shaved off without your consent is like the epitome of being degraded and dehumanized? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a popular thing in movies, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I take offense as a pretty steadily balding person. <laughs> How are they going to torture you, man? <laughs> yeah. I just feel like, yeah, thanks. It was looking a little weird up there. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate what you did there. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys notice that weird inch by inch patch in the back? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That That is weird how that's like a big uh, like the torture aspect in a lot of movies. Yeah. It reminded me of V for Vendetta. Ah, that's what I was just going to say, yeah. With Natalie Portman when she does that to herself. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, no, well, someone does it to her. Oh, you're right. Yeah, when she's in captivity. Yeah. Yeah. Giving yourself a haircut, as we've learned in the Friday the 13th Part 4 episode, is oh, <laughs> what yeah. you do before a big fight. In, in Green Room, right? I think he does that at the end yep. as well. Yep. Yeah. It all depends on who's cutting the hair. <laughs> that changes everything. <laughs> <laughs> um. So... Basically, now we've got Anna without any skin. Her eyes are in this peaceful place like she's not even there. And everyone in this little secret society is freaking out. They're all abuzz, like, oh, we've got one. And they call in Mademoiselle, who's there, to receive the dying whispers of Anna, who is now like their martyr. And we assume 
that she got a glimpse of the afterlife that she's going to relay to Ad- Mademoiselle. Some sort of mind-blowing information there. And then the final sequence is this: the entire society, people we've never seen before, they all like drive their cars to this house to meet. Uh, they're gathering there to hear Mademoiselle relay what she heard from Anna. And Mademoiselle's getting ready in a bathroom upstairs, and one of her... One of the other dudes in the society comes and knocks on the door. He's like, hey, like, you ready? Everyone's here. And she asks him, can you imagine what comes after death? And he says no. And then she goes, keep doubting, and pulls out a gun and shoots herself. Yeah. Which I was kind of like, I guess it made sense. Yeah, it left like a lot of mystery at the end. Keep doubting? I didn't really understand what she meant by that, but. I didn't. Um, yeah. I didn't either. That's that's kind of deep. Uh, so basically, she knew what would happen in the afterlife, and instead of telling everyone, she just told them to keep doubting. Yeah, and decided that she wanted to die. Mm. Meaning, either it was so great that she was ready for it, or yeah. it was so horrible or so like non-plussing <laughs> that she was like, "Why have I been doing this to people?" Yeah, I know. It's a lot more interesting, or it's a lot less interesting than you guys think it is. I'm just going to off myself. I don't want to disappoint you guys. (laughs) It's just a bunch of sitting in a waiting room and reading magazines. Yeah, and they're only like, there's limited seating, so I don't want to tell you guys. (laughs) It's just Cars, Cosmo Girl. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I want to get there (laughs) <laughs> get all the good magazines. Uh, uh, and then the f- final shot of the movie is Anna's serene look again. We can only assume she'll be dying shortly, but because we do not she, see her dead. Because she doesn't have skin, or what, what do you think? Yeah, I, th- I don't think you can live without skin. Okay. Even, like, because she's, like, in a body of water or something, right? Um, Is she in a body of water then? Maybe. I, I, I mean, I, your days are numbered. It's got to be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a pretty prone to infection at that point. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, I think it's kind of hard to say in a thumbs up, thumbs down kind of way what you think of this film. But what do you think of this film? Yeah, man, this this movie uh, was yeah obviously impossible to like watch with all the torture, all the stabbing, all like the brutality that was going on here. But I, I think it's really interesting the way they uh, it was all like strewn together. In terms of like, you know, it starts with like some torture elements, then you have like home invasion, you have this like monster, you have a cult basically at the end, you have like this mysterious ending. So I, I got to applaud like the storytelling and how like they incorporated all these different elements and it's like one mostly cohesive story. Um, and then like I thought some of the scares were like pretty effective actually. Um, and then, uh, yeah, my, my, the only hard part for me was like that half hour or so of like the, the torture that like that felt kind of unnecessary. But yeah, yeah what, what were your thoughts? I agree with you. Like, it's very compelling, like, with the twists and turns and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they paced all that well. It was as hard as it was to watch. I, like, didn't look away. Like, yeah, I'm finding myself, sadly, like, looking at my phone every once in a while during a movie. Right. Uh, and I did not do that at all. The only time I stopped watching was because I was like, I need a, a quick break. Wow, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it was, I mean... For being such a hard watch, it was very engaging, partially just because of that. Mm-hmm. 
And I think it did succeed in kind of like making you think about its theme that like yeah. there can be, and this is like a big spiritual theme too, um, like that there can be pain without suffering. Like suffering and pain are not the same thing. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Like you can kind of choose not to suffer. And I feel like part of this whole like half hour sequence of just watching Anna go through this is a little bit of like you're going through that too. Like you need to like experience some pain in the movie. Oh, as the viewer, right? Yeah, like your viewing yeah. experience should be painful too. Yeah, I had that thought too. Like they really put you in the seat of like the person getting tortured in this one. Yeah. Yeah, okay. basically when the movie was over, I had that look in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so you've seen the afterlife. <laughs> yeah, I've tried to transcend it. <laughs> All right, I, um, I, won't, I won't ask you anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, man, the magazine. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, that that's funny because uh, it's interesting that you didn't have to like look away at all. I I had to watch this movie in like fifteen twenty minute increments just because it would get like so uh, brutal or like violent or like heavy. And it was it came it came down to like this is like the first time where I've like rented a movie and you get that like forty eight hours uh, to watch it and that like expired and I had to like rent it again. Uh, I, mm. I, it was just it was hard to watch in, like one sitting. So I'm surprised you were able to like kind of sit through it and stay engaged. Yeah, I mean. I did have to get, it wasn't like I got up because I was like, I could use a snack. It was just like a pause. It was like, whew, and like yeah. went and paced my house and then came back. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, is the magazine called Cars? Or maybe I'm thinking of Cars, Car and Driver. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's difficult to rate because I did not enjoy watching this. Yeah. But, like, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't take my eyes off it. And it was really compelling. And I think it kind of, like, made its point. Like, Right. And now, I mean, not that it had any grand point other than that there's a difference between pain and suffering. But, but yeah, I think one thing, it was kind of like a pro and a con, too. Like, you didn't really know what you were watching until a good chunk of the way through. Like... Lucy is your main character and you have background on her and then she's gone and now it's all on Anna and you don't know that much about Anna. Yeah, right. Uh, um, you know, that, that's interesting because, uh, yeah, like the the first, like I guess, maybe half of the movie is on Lucy and like I think that story is really well understood that she's carrying around this baggage from like her experience and that's why like that monster is there in her head. But then like the story completely shifts gears and we're like introduced to this cult who's like torturing for this reason. So, uh, I, I did. Did you kind of feel like, um, like now that we're talking about it, like did, was that like too, uh, too much of like a, a shift from like one narrative that you're like focused on and like character that you're building up to suddenly switching to like this whole other storyline? I don't know. Like as I was watching it, I don't think it was too much of a shift. But I also feel like a little bit of something was lost if like you had been. This was a character you were with from the whole time. Yeah. For the whole time, but I don't know. I've, that was kind of like what the movie needed to be. Yeah. To yeah, be what I, it was, though. Yeah, I, it's just like a very non-traditional way of storytelling. I think we're so used to seeing a character that you stick with like the whole movie and whose like character like kind of builds up, and and this one kind of took uh, it took a different direction. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think the movie necessarily was about like here's one character and we're watching her journey as she trans transcends pain. It was kind of like this is a movie about how some people are victims. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, someone can transcend that. Yeah. Because they did talk about how, like, we've tried this hundreds of times, and, like, 
five people in the history have have transcended. Right, right. So I don't get it. If five people have transcended, don't they have the answer they need? Right? Yeah. yeah. It, that, that whole thing is just a little thin, like, as to to why they're doing it. But then again, that's, like, the whole point of the movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I agree with you. It was, like, for, for what it was trying to do, it was, like, very effective. And, and yeah, I got the point across. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's just, like, a, I, I don't know if it's a movie I could ever watch again. Could you? Yep. Yeah, I I don't think I'll watch it again, but I honestly I'm I'm willing to go deeper into this French extremity thing and oh no <laughs> to hard watches in general. Yeah, but maybe I'll do that on my own time. Okay. <laughs> yeah, send me like the American versions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, man. Well, uh, yeah. zero out of five. Well, uh, I guess helmets stapled into your skull. Oh God, <laughs> sorry. Uh, it's hard, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you on this. It's just really hard to watch, but uh, well, good execution, and I thought the acting was really good too, actually. So, uh, I, I think I'd go with like three and a half uh, sta- staples through the head, I guess, or helmets through the head. What about you? Yeah, that's what I'd give it to. Like, it's hard. I, it's like a rating is almost meaningless mm-hmm. with this movie. It was like. Do I give it a two because I didn't enjoy watching this or four because, like, it was really well done and I couldn't take my eyes off it? Like, yeah, right, exactly. But I think three and a half is the right place. It's a very well done movie and it's it's kind of thought-provoking. Um, but, yeah, it's a rough yeah. watch. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely jarring. And, and I, I appreciate that because, like, uh, I think what you were saying before, like, uh, a lot of horror movies, like, can be pretty formulaic. And this one, like, it just puts you in, like, a very uncomfortable place throughout the whole film. And, uh, and yeah, kind of puts you in that seat of like being abused or like seeing that up and close and personal. Yeah. So what do you think? Are you angry at George or are you thankful to George? Uh, I'm thankful. I think this expanded my horizons and hearing like all the other buzz about it. Like it's, it's, uh, I'm glad we saw this one. How how do you feel? Yeah. Yeah. Same, same. I'm glad I can check it off the list and yeah. Expanding horizons for sure. Yeah. Uh, Hey, did, have you ever, you've never seen this uh, music video for uh, a song called Just by Radiohead? No, I haven't. Is that did he direct that? Uh no, no, but it's it's a, it's a cool video. It's it's like 3 4 minutes long. You should check it out cuz the ending of this movie really reminds me of that video where like something is told to people at the end and like as the viewer you don't know what it is and like it results in like some action that happens at the end. But like yeah, as as a viewer you're kind of wondering. Did you have any issues with the ending of this one? Like do you wish like do you think they like copped out by not telling us what she saw or like did you were you, like, were you on board with that? I was on board with that. Yeah, I think yeah. to try to like come up with something for that big of a of a concept is just gonna setting yourself up to fail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. You get through all of that, and then like, oh, the afterlife's like a lot of flowers and stuff, or, or magazines yeah. and waiting rooms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could have like destroyed the whole movie. So it's, yeah, yeah, it's good they left that open ended. Yeah. Okay, so George says this film took me on an emotional carpet ride. It made me feel sympathy as the film drags you in with striking suspense and then boom, you're questioning your whole existence while you're left with nothing but horror, wonder, and awe. Then at the end, I felt like I was transcended into another dimension. I loved the body horror slash torture porn and the way the story moves from one subject to the next. Like how you feel satisfaction when she kills the family, but then things start to turn and get real weird. It's very suspenseful, but the ending is what made this such a great horror film for me. I feel like we felt pretty similarly. 
I think so. Yeah. I feel like that reminds me a lot of like, uh, I think we talked about how like the movie like moves and like captures all these different genres or feelings uh, throughout the film. We talked about how it kind of saved it from just like the miserable torture porn by the, the transcend, transcension at the end. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like it was an emotional roller coaster for George. Yeah. Yeah. That's carpet cool. ride. A carpet ride. <laughs> Very different. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks, George. We appreciate it. It's not a movie we would have sought out, but I, I think we're both glad we watched it. Yeah. yeah. It was definitely an experience. Cool. Anything else? Are we, we ready to wrap up? Yeah, I'm good. Cool. All right, everybody. Well, that has been our discussion about Martyrs. Um, Hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please be sure to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That helps other people find our show, and we love to see those come in. Uh, You can follow us on Facebook or Twitter. You can find our links, the social links, on our website, horrormovieclub.com. We also have a Discord server where we're chatting with friends and listeners like George. it's a lot of fun. I would recommend checking that out too. Uh, you can find that link in the social links section of our website as well, horrormovieclub.com. Uh, we announce next week's movie on Facebook and Twitter. So just to give you some extra incentive to follow us there, you can watch the movie if you haven't seen it. Our logo is done by Amy Mae Popart. You can check her out on Etsy.com. And until next time, if your friend is on a bloodthirsty quest for revenge, just stay out of it for the sake of yourself and for the sake of your sandwich. Save the sandwiches. Save the sandwiches.